in 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. I'm excited we have Josie Jane out of Cypress, Texas with us today. Welcome, Josie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited for you as well. I know you have a lot of things going on in, in your world, and uh, so I can't wait to kind of get into it. Um, I do, you know, the first question I like to ask to kind of kick our conversation off is around the name of the podcast, Championship Leadership. What comes to mind for you or what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? I feel like I could give a really long, I could write a book, I feel like, if you ask yeah. me that question. But the first thing that would pop into my mind for championship leadership would be, um, well, it's people that don't quit. So whatever it is that they're doing in whatever sphere that they're working in or setting goals or wanting to be a leader for other people to follow, is a never quit mentality. That's like my biggest thing in life, no matter what I'm doing, is that you you have to keep going. Because yeah. that doesn't make a very good leader if you quit, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what a kind of an example are you setting, especially for those that are following you if, uh, if you do, right? So, well, why don't we talk a little bit about you and, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into some of those examples where you've been faced with some adversity and, and uh, haven't quit, you've persevered. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background. I know you have a very interesting background. You are uh, uh, up and coming country singer. You uh, you've been on a TV show, and uh, you got you've worked with some very special people. So yeah, fill us in on on kind of who you are, the path that you've been on, and and how that's kind of taken to you to today, and what you're up to. Awesome. So I am from a very small town called Atoka, Oklahoma. And not, I mean, very, very small town. Like you do anything and everyone knows and everyone knows everyone. It's kind of fun because you have friends wherever you go shopping. But um, so I lived in Oklahoma about really all my life, except for the last eight years. Uh, Now I'm in Houston, Cyprus, but we're right here by Houston. So um, I am a pastor's kid. So I grew up kind of on the stage in a small um in a small way. So I kind of was used to living my life where everyone was always seeing everything that I was doing anyway. And I just loved singing in church and school. And so I just kind of grew up on the stage and that was fun for me. I 
love entertaining people. So if there's an opportunity for me to make someone laugh or to help someone going through something or inspire someone, I'll jump up on a stage or in the middle of the room and I will like be the goofy person or whatever it is that um, needs to be done, I guess. So anyways, um, I don't even know where to start with all of that. <laughs> That's such a loaded question. Like, who are you? What have you yeah, I know it is. So which, which part would you like me to start on? Like, well, how, I don't know. how I mean, long do you want me to go back? Yeah, we got, we got some time here. So, well, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about, obviously you were on the stage uh, from a young, from a young yeah. time, which I imagine has something to do with the music uh, career that you have. Um, would also love to hear a little bit more about the TV show that you were on and how that came about. And I know you are uh, continuing to pursue, you know, modeling and acting and, and uh, you know, so yeah, just kind of give us a, you know, we, we don't have to ha get all the details in 30 minutes, but yeah, give us a, a little taste. See, that's the kicker with me. I love to <laughs> so if I have a better little like idea of what I'm sharing. So yeah. I started out around 12 years old traveling the world with my dad. Um, my parents are very, they're pastors, obviously, but they're very, they give back all the time. Wherever they can, they're always serving people. So I grew up in that atmosphere. So anytime you can help someone or serve or just be a blessing, that was who we were. So I started traveling by 12 years old, different countries. Um, I lived in India for a little while. I actually lived there for six months. Um, Haiti, um, London, Australia multiple times. And so I, growing up for me, my parents also did youth camps. And I just fell in love with people and connecting with people, no matter whatever their background is or their story. And so for me, I think that's how the music started um, coming about is because music was just an easier way to connect with people yeah. um, on all different levels. So sometimes I would sing at weddings or um, even funerals um, or school functions, church a lot, of course. Um, and then when we would travel and do like mission trips and do uh, feed people or um, help build stuff or take care of kids, there was always an opportunity to sing. And the kids love that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. um, so music just became a part of my life uh, around eighth grade. I was terrified to sing in front of anyone. And I would have people turn around just to let me actually sing. But it became an outlet for me to just connect with people with whatever they're going through and encourage them, um, inspire them. Sometimes I think music, it bypasses our minds and it, it kind of uh, it touches the heart more than just words can sometimes. It's just so powerful. So um, I've been singing in the church. I've been the vocal leader for years. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, but about a year and a half ago, I started writing country music. And my dad was really the person that just pushed me, which is funny because most people would think like, wait, you're a pastor and you're encouraging your daughter to go into country music. So I've got a <laughs> backlash from that um, because we kind of think different. Um, I don't. Anyways, and so my dad really pushed me. <laughs> he was like, just go for it, Josie. Like, yeah. this is a desire in your heart. You love to connect with people. Just go. And so I started writing country music. And then last summer, I was like, let's just do an album. Yeah. So I wrote all the songs and created all the melodies. And I went to Nashville three times. And somehow we got an album out of those three trips. And it just released on July 10th. And which is all very new to me. The whole industry is new. But it's the same, too, because you're still just connecting with people. You're, you're 
bringing people into a moment with you to experience joy or maybe healing from a sad song that helps you, you know, be in touch with your feelings or whatever you're going through. So that's kind of the music side of stuff. I'm very excited to kind of step outside the four walls of the church because it's just, it's going to be different and fun and exciting. And um, yeah, so then a hunting show. Oh my gosh, I grew up in a small town. Everyone hunted, but I didn't because my dad didn't hunt. So I just never went. But I was always, I love adventures. I love doing anything outdoors. Uh, I played sports all throughout high school, college. So then I met this girl through a mission trip, uh, Christy Lee Cook, and we met at a benefit dinner for a mission trip for Haiti. And we just became best friends right off the bat. We were at this beach house. It was like 4th of July time. And we started chasing crabs around the beach with uh, Roman candles. (laughs) (laughs) We just became best friends right then. So from there, we just kept our friendship and we just um, over the years of just having fun and adventures. And then she had been doing this show called The Most Wanted List, and it's on the Sportsman channel. And a couple seasons had passed. And then she was like, hey, you would you want to come and be a guest? And I was like, yeah, sure. Never hunted, but I love a challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went out the first year in Idaho and I stepped out on that the first ridge that we came up to. And I just saw Hell's Canyon and I fell in love. And I was like, I was born to do this. Like the hiking, the challenge of it, working with the group and the camaraderie. Um, And then I didn't know, I had never really, like I shot a gun maybe once before I went, I think. Uh, One of my (laughs) friends helped me, he's a team guy and he helped me. We went out for like a couple minutes, like nothing. And so I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. The camera's in my face. And I'm doing this for the first time ever, no pressure. And, but I fell in love with it. And somehow I ended up being really good. <laughs> I was a good shot. Thanks. Yeah. To my and my grandpa, I think they passed that down to me. But um, yeah, so I was on for about, I think it's been four seasons now. And it's always something different. It's always a different challenge. And, but let me tell you, we did two, not this last year, but the year before I did in my first elk hunt. By far the best hunt I've ever been on. It's in Hills Canyon. It's such a challenge and you're hiking for forever. And I got this beautiful bull. He was a five by six, um, which I was very proud of him. And anyways, but all of us hiking that thing out, I actually got him in an area called the Fingers of Death. And we <laughs> would be the yeah. one to pack out an elk. And so it was literally just super loose um dirt and so we we um we had to make multiple trips and we um finally got out because he rolled all the way down that was yeah. a bad thing that happened yeah. <laughs> and so they weren't very happy about that but um, <laughs> we made it out and then we had to make a decision if we were going to continue to go up or to go all the way down and both directions were super dangerous but i just came alive in that moment i'm a little five three um I don't even know where it comes from really, but this like zeal comes out of me and I'm like, yeah, like the harder it is, the more fun. Yeah. And so I have this, um, these antlers on my back and they decided to go, we um, sidestep down the mountain instead of up. They thought it would be less dangerous. Okay. So every step, I mean, your mind is just telling you, this is why are you even doing this? And you're hurting and you have all this pressure on your back. And I had never done anything like this. And I would just, think of my military friends and buddies and I'm like if they can do it 
and they can survive the things they went through and never quit. And I can do this. <laughs> Anyways, it, it was absolutely amazing. Um, the feeling that you get when you reach the truck and this just overwhelming sense of accomplishment that yeah. you didn't quit. And so anyway, I had to share that story because that was a very pivotal moment for me. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. You know, I, I, uh, well, I grew up hunting and that, uh, so I can relate with that, but also I love endurance. Like I'll do a hundred mile runs and just was in the badlands of North Dakota this past weekend for a 50 mile run, helping my friend. But it was just the country. Like I had no idea how beautiful North Dakota was in the badlands and just going through that area. And uh, so I can kind of relate to you stepping over that ridge and, and no, I have uh, so much respect for runners because I <laughs> miles and I'm just like, I don't even know why. <laughs> well, it's kind of the same mentality that you have. Yeah. of just like, you just don't quit and you just keep moving and it hurts and sucks. But, uh, and you question yourself, why are you doing it? But, but you exactly. keep, you keep doing it, right? You can just you keep moving. So I love it. I love, uh, thank you for sharing all that. What, you know, you said a few things like, first of all, what did you play? What, what sports did you play in college? Um, so I played softball and basketball in high school. And then my senior year, my dad was like, you kind of need to pick one that mm -hmm. you really want to stick to if you really want to get a scholarship for one of them. So I should have went with softball, but I went with basketball okay. because I'm me and I like to, yeah. I'm a little fierce, <laughs> five, right. three person. Um, so I got a basketball scholarship to, um, it's called St. Gregory's University in Oklahoma. Okay. And it's actually a Catholic school. And, but I ended up breaking my foot. Yeah. <laughs> so I left. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I left. Then I played intramural basketball for the remaining years that I was at a different university. And honestly, yeah. that was probably more fun. Don't yeah. tell my basketball coach that. Right. But it was more fun because at all the players, we just had so much more life. And I felt like one of the first times I enjoyed the sport, really for the first time, like, like thoroughly enjoyed it because yeah. we had the freedom to um, explore and play the game and not have this pressure of trying to please one individual. Um, yeah. So I, I was, I actually had a lot of fun playing intramural basketball. Yeah. I love it. I loved it. Intramural sports. Uh, I played college football, but, but yeah, I played okay. a ton of intramural sports as well. And it was, it was uh, oh, much more en enjoyable. There wasn't the practice and the pressure. It was just uh, to go out and, and have a good time. So yeah, and I yeah. actually ended up playing better when I was yeah, right. And I'm like, Maybe we should incorporate this into our, you know, athletic, what are they called? Your athletic system? No. What's it called? The season? What? Your athletic program. Program. program yeah. Like, actually bring fun back into the program. Yeah. I think our kids would even. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What? Tell me a little bit more about, like, so if we come back to championship leaders, who are some of the championship leaders um, that have impacted you? Okay. And more, more so, like, what is it about them? What are some of the characteristics that really stood out in the people, the coaches, the mentors, the, you know, maybe it's your parents, whoever it is. Like, what is it about them that really stands out to you and, and is kind of how you've maybe taken some of those things to help mold you as a leader as well? Okay, well, yeah, I would definitely start with my parents. Um, I am very close to my family. There's uh, five kids. And we're just all very close and we've always been very close and very open with one another. And we've gone through a lot. Being raised as a pastor's kid, people are always constantly coming to my parents when they're in crisis, when mm -hmm. they're going through trauma, um, when they're, they have some kind of issue or problem. That's usually the time that people really turn to someone um, in that position 
for help, for guidance, for love, for encouragement. So for me, hands down, it's been my parents. Um, because I think that sometimes you can have leaders that you kind of create as a hero and they stand for something to you and it still is beneficial, but there's something so beautiful and raw and organic about a leader that you see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because you see, you see what they do and how they handle situations behind the scenes, if yeah. that makes sense. Instead yeah. of just, um, you can have a great inspirational speaker or someone that built a business and it, you can learn from it and glean from it and you can use it. But there's something so much more to gain having an incredible leader or leaders in your life that you see what they do whenever they're walking through hell. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. so it's definitely my parents. My parents have been the biggest givers that I've ever met. They are risk takers. And that's why me and my siblings are risk takers, definitely because of them. Um, my parents, they built this church in Oklahoma, beautiful church. And for they were there, what, I don't know, 16, 17 years at that place. And they felt like they were to move to Houston just so that they could influence and encourage and love on more people. And yeah. they dropped everything that they had built, all financial security, everything they had ever obtained through years and years of being there. And they gave it to their friend and they moved here to Houston. I ended up following suit. And which has been awesome because there's been so much opportunity and wonderful people we've met here. Yeah. Um, but to watch firsthand them go through hell over and over with just different things and to keep going and to keep loving, like I could start crying about it. I'm going to try not to cry. But, um, and there's so many people in our lives that come to them all the time and just thank them for being a father to them or for being a mom or for being a friend. And so um, they're hands down champions in my eyes, actually in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. Um, even right now we're going through, um, I had read on the podcast site, um, moments that you're going through that feel like nothing's going right. Um, we're actually in another one of those now. My dad was just diagnosed with stage three mesothelioma lung cancer from asbestos from when he was younger. And so um, during this whole COVID time that we've been down, it has been a blessing because I've been able to be with my parents more and help take care of my dad and whatnot. But even now, I've seen him go through so much. Sorry, people are always messy, but that's my mom's computer. So but even now, as he's going through fighting for his life, and I've never seen my dad in this state before. Yeah. Yet he still just loves people and he still is positive. And I look at it and I'm just like, I don't even know how you do it some days. And he, he speaks out life and he speaks out where he's headed and things he's going to do instead of just taking the defeat, you know, or just isolating himself. So um, I could never say enough good things about both of them. They've traveled the world, helped so many people. And they've taught me that life is about loving people. And <laughs> it's like yeah. the universal language that actually can bring healing and wholeness. So they're definitely my champions. Um, I did recently, um, I worked for three years for Marcus and Melanie Luttrell. He's also known as the lone survivor in case yeah. anyone doesn't know that name. Um, that was wonderful. Moving here to Houston, it gave us that opportunity. My, uh, we randomly kind of met them. And just knew it was a, a, a moment or a, um, 
an opportunity. Actually, I was scared at first to work with them yeah. because I was like, I don't, I don't really want to be the person that like messes up. Like, you know, you guys are so <laughs> awesome and uh, you stand for so much and I don't want to be the person that just fails on the job. But I worked for them for three years, like in their home with their family and became family with them. And not just Marcus and Melanie, but all the people that they, because their doors, their house is like a revolving door. Yeah. They have people coming out. All the team guys I met, um, the other military guys I met and their friends. I learned so much from these guys that even people would look at them as leaders and champions and yeah. only ever seen them on you know a stage or platform. But I got to see the behind the scenes too, the part of them that didn't quit, even whenever maybe they wanted to, you know, yeah. in life, everyday life. Um, so yeah, they were definitely influential for me as well. Marcus was always just affirming me and um, they have a podcast that I kind of helped them with. Uh, it's called Team Never Quit Podcast. Yeah, I love it. And hearing those stories, I'm just like, you hear some of those stories and you're just like, okay, when you're trying to do a uh, workout for them, you're like, okay, I can do this. Like, <laughs> right. I can get through this day or whatever it is you're facing. So they've been monumental in my life, in my mentality. Honestly, I look at some of the decisions I made in the last year and a half. Um, I just dropped everything to pursue acting in country music and went all in. It makes no sense. No, um, there's not some huge strategy. I just, I'm not going to settle. And um, a lot of the guys I met through Marcus and Marcus and Melanie, they just taught me not to settle. To yeah. be who you are, yeah. pursue it with everything you have and enjoy your life along the way. So, yeah, I would, I think those would be my, my top champions right there. I appreciate it. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing those personal stories as well. It's just kind of like anything, like how do you do anything? I don't, there isn't ever really some solid blueprints or map that we go. It's just, I think the experiences that, that you've had and, and the lessons that are shared with you, you know, from, like you said, a lot of the team guys of just like, never settle, don't quit. Like if that's what you want, go after it and you'll figure it out. Right. You, you make the connections, you know, you live life uh, full of love and, and uh, that all resonates with people and comes across in a powerful way. And before you know it, you won't know how it happened, but it will have yeah. happened. Yes. Yeah, well, that. it's the mentality of you just keep going and you're not going to always know what's around the next corner. And I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. And that's what I, I kind of live for, for me personally. And then I hope to inspire others is to take that leap, whatever yeah. it is. I don't care if it's, you want to run a marathon or you just want to be able to run three miles or you want to start a business or you want to pursue some dream that you've always had. Um, I'm a firm believer in just start. I had a guy, an author once, one time look at me and he was like, you need to write a book. And I said, okay. And he goes, you want me to tell you the secret of writing a book? And I said, okay. <laughs> he goes, start writing. Just start. That's right. <laughs> just like that. You can't get anywhere if you don't take the steps and then just keep going even when it doesn't make sense or you don't yeah. feel like it anymore. You know, yeah. so. 100%. Absolutely. Um, what, what's, uh, what's the vision for you? I know, I know, you know, the vision as we've talked, of, uh, of course, is, is uh, the, your singing career and country music. 
But uh, yeah, just talk to me maybe a little bit more about that and what it looks like for you. What's the impact that you want to make is always kind of the the thing that I like to focus on. Like, what's the impact that you want to make as a as a part of that? I think that's most important, right? It's one thing to just want to go be a country music star. I think it's probably much deeper than that for you. So yeah, could you share that maybe even short term? I'm glad that you interpreted that from my life because it is. So everything that I've pursued on, I mean, I, number one, I want to live my life pursuing things that make me come alive and that I feel alive doing um, because I feel like that shows that I'm valuing me by creating whatever it is that's inside of me for the earth. Number two, along the way, I think if you're pursuing something you're passionate about, it awakens something in other people as well. So for me, it's not about country music. Um, and I don't know if other people may say this or not. Really, for me, it's not, it's not about a name. It's not even about the fame. Like I went through a season of my life where I was just like allowing all that to be stripped off, um, even mentally of this image or this blueprint, like Tony Robbins talks about, that we have this blueprint that we feel like our life has to look a certain way. And then we're disappointed when it's not. And so I've learned to really let those things go, these ideas, and pursue things that I love and enjoy. My overall goal is to be able to give back for me would be for the children. Uh, I love children. I Domestic, international, all children, every yeah. color. I love them. And especially the ones that don't know their love. And I've worked a lot with orphans. So I definitely have a huge vision of things I want to implement around the world and in uh, small towns, even in the U.S., foster care systems, all of that. Um, athletics is huge to me. So one of my dreams is to build some um, recreational centers in impoverished countries. And because these kids are so talented and they have so much life and they're having so much fun playing with a stick and a rock and they're happy with that. But I'm like, I want to give you more, more do and explore and develop your athleticism. So Music plays along with all of that because it's my heart connecting to people, inspiring people, loving people, helping them through heartache, bringing life where they may feel down and music so powerful like that. But it's definitely more I'm pursuing it because I want to use that as a platform to be able to give back in the ways I want to, honestly, because I can't just do a normal nine to five and do the the billion dollar vision that I have for the world. So I was like, you know what? I should probably pursue things that don't have a ceiling. So I jumped into acting as well. Uh, I just thought it would be fun. Um, One of my team guy friends told me, he said, every two years, you need to challenge yourself to learn a completely new trait. And I was like, okay. So I jumped into acting and fell in love with it. I've been doing commercials and auditions here in Texas, but I'll continue that in Nashville uh, and California as well. So movies, TV shows, anything like that. But it's still all building a platform of love and inspiration, everything I do. Contagious living, kind of, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like, definitely I'm building this platform for the children. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's good. Um, I absolutely love it. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, what is, what's, what's a critical moment or a turning point for you? Like uh, kind of that fork in the road where... Had you made a different decision, uh, you'd be in a very, very different place than you are today. Obviously, you made the decision you have that has you where you are. But 
I think there's a lot of people that, that find power because they're in those moments and they're not sure what to do. And, and a lot of times they make the decision that they sometimes regret later on in life. Is there a moment or two that sticks out to you that you could share uh, as I ask the question? Yeah, I'm trying to think about which moment. Um, which I one? A lot of defining moments. I always say share the one that, that kind of comes to your mind that you, you don't really want to share right now. Or that you don't want to share. I know. Okay, I'll share a, a really vulnerable moment. About three years ago, I had already moved to Houston, which was also a defining moment because I ran into so much opportunity. I took a risk and moved yeah. to the city, which is very, it's a big deal for a small town girl. It really can be because it's a different culture. Yep. Even though I had traveled the world, um, these freeways are scary. So they are. Houston's the worst. I've been out there. It's like, I'm man. Sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> Anyway, um, so about three years ago, I think it's been three and a half now. My brother, I have two brothers, and one brother was in an accident. And um, he, all the trauma was to his head. He didn't break a bone in his body, but all he flew out of his truck and landed on his head. Um, he was in a coma for about, I think, 65 days. And I mean, every doctor told us he's not going to wake up. He's not coming out of this. He was and then was in a vet, vegetative state. And but then again, my my parents that I bragged on so much, um, my dad and mom taught me to never give up, even whenever it's um, not if it's just a physical challenge, but even an, an inner belief that something can happen and something can turn around. Yeah. And so we just didn't give up on him. And every time the doctors, we said we respected them and what they said, but we were like, you know, we're, we're going to believe that he's going to recover. So my brother ended up coming. He actually came out of that, which was an absolute miracle. He should not be alive. Yeah. Um, and he, he doesn't have his full um, mind back, but the mind's in, incredible and it's constantly evolving um, despite all odds. So, but in that process was super defining for me because I've kind of taken on this role. I took it on. No one put it on me in my family where I kind of was like the whole filler, you know, you want to fix things, you know, yeah. you want to make sure everyone's happy and everything's good. And so I, I really tanked during this process with him when he was in the coma um, because I couldn't fix it. It wasn't something in my power that I could just press through and make happen. And so it was really the first time I felt helpless and out of control. Um, I know I've been handling my dad's situation so much better because I went through it with my brother. And in it, I remember I just hit rock bottom, honestly. I would just go to the gym that was my outlet and I would just be crying while I'm lifting weights. And I'm sure people were like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> and I know this is gonna sound crazy, but this is just my life. So I'm very open. So I'm in this room working out and um, at this point, my brother had woken up, but he couldn't speak. And I'm working out and suddenly I hear his voice. It almost sounded audible. I don't know if it was, but it was so loud that it felt audible yeah. um, or it sounded audible to me. And I heard his voice from before the wreck. And I just heard him say, sister, pursue the dreams in your heart. Don't settle like I did and go for what you want. And I mean, it was like so loud and crystal clear. And I'm like, I don't even know how this is happening right now. And I just started to cry because I could just, I don't know how to explain it to you, but I was like, I just knew. And I, I have to do this. And so um, I actually, I did some counseling even with some of our friends because it was such a 
I mean, you go through tragedy and trauma and you get PTSD and all this different stuff and you don't know how to come out sometimes and you get stuck in that hell and you don't know how to hit out who you need others to help you. And um, so I was doing some counseling and turned my life around for the better. And honestly, he was, that was the first moment that I just told myself, Josie, you got to do it. You got to be true to who you are. No regrets. Life is way too valuable. And it's way too important. And we're way too valuable as humans. And there's no point in the what ifs. And if there's something in your heart that you want to pursue because it makes you happy, it's not even so much about where you end up. I mean, you can, I mean, obviously you take care of your family, you provide and you have a good life. I'm not saying that. But for me, like in music, I'm not really worried about where I end up with music. I'm learning just to enjoy the process because my brother's situation really just taught me how much, how beautiful and valuable life is and enjoying every day and pursuing who you are. So um, that was kind of a long story, but that was a pivotal moment for me. Yeah. I really, um, I really learned how to let go. I really learned how to reach deep within myself and create things that you know, no one else can create because there's only one of each of us. Right. So yeah. He and he's doing great. He's in London right now, and his brain is constantly um, progressing. So it's it's been amazing to watch. But yeah, from that moment, if I could encourage anyone, is that no matter where you find yourself, whether it's depression or despair or some um, tragic event, that there is light. There is light on um, that you can get your get out of that. What did they say? The light at the other end of the tunnel, or whatever that thing is, but you have to keep stepping yeah. and that's okay to embrace your moment. Even when it's so hard to embrace that moment, learn from it because it can, what I'm trying to say is that something so negative turned yeah. to be something right. so positive. Yeah. And so when it looks like that, whatever you're dealing with could never help you or never be anything good there is something good that's going to come out of it if you're willing to look at it yeah. so yeah there is my yeah, long incredible i love it thank you yeah. what's uh as, as we wrap it up here what what's one like if there's one thing you could leave with the listeners that if they were to implement and live today it would it would help move their life forward today what would that be one thing only gosh you're limiting i'll give you two i'll give you two <laughs> <laughs> um my life motto I will give this to everyone listening is do it right. When you step out and you start doing something afraid, something magical happens. You stop being afraid yeah. and you gain um, confidence. You get a sense of bravery. You feel empowered. You begin to experience things about yourself. You never knew you were capable of. Um, if you're not being challenged, you're just not growing. And yeah. It's good to grow. It can be hard, the process, but leaving your comfort zone is the most rewarding thing ever, I promise. So my motto is definitely do it afraid, whatever it is. Even if you have to start a small business that you're so passionate about on the side while you're doing your other job and um, maintaining responsibilities, do it. Or if you want to draw or create in any way, just do it. Even if you think no one else is going to like it, you like it. And so it's worth doing. It's worth creating because you enjoy it. So do it afraid, whatever. I love it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Do it afraid. You got it. And uh, 
nothing great happens uh, when you're comfortable, right? So yeah, if, it, if it's not scaring you a little bit, go. you got to go do it. Lean into it is what I like yeah. to say. So thank you so much for being here. What what would be a few ways that we could, the listeners, find more about you and what you're up to, your music and anything yeah. else that you got going on? So I just released the album. It's called Dead and Road by Josie Jane. And it's on all major platforms, uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Um, and I have a Facebook page, Josie Jane uh, Music. Uh, I just started that, so that's new. I'm trying to get stuff on there. But I'm supposed to be moving to Nashville within uh, the next month or so. And hopefully we can get some stuff going. I know with the COVID lockdowns and everything, that still things are a little bit, you don't really know what's going on or yeah. what to expect. So I guess be prepared for a lot of online stuff. I'm doing yeah. my first acoustic day or my debut on August 9th at 7 p.m. on my social media, Josie Jane. Um, yeah, that's really all awesome. I got right now. So. I love it. That's perfect. And we'll get that linked up so that we can check that out as uh, for sure. So I really just appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Thank you. All I, all I keep hearing now is from the very beginning that I need to go run a marathon now. Oh, really? Well, I mean, Let's go. I just feel like I really need to push myself now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Six miles. Maybe not yeah, there you go. You get it one step at a time. You got this. I'm not David Goggins or Cameron Haynes yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they started, uh, they didn't start there either. So, yes. yeah. Stay yeah. one step at a time. That's right. Well, no, thank you so much. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Let's go! In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm gonna lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast.